0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. What's going
0: on, everyone? Taylor Kyles here for CLNS Media. This show, as always, brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. More from them later. But, buddy, back with another episode of Free agency Wishlist. Obviously, last time, you know, we learned some things. We had some names. We fell off. But this time, we're coming back for another round. We're actually going to go against each other, make a little more competitive, a little different element to this. But before we get into it and some news, how you doing, Mikey i'm good i'm excited
2: uh i like and I, i'm writing something up uh for for our website at WeEi.com for tomorrow where it's like a uh it's sort of a free agent wish list but it's like wish list that's that's a that's a tongue twister but you know yeah. using using what we know now right like we have a scheme yeah. fit so i'm I'm trying to find some scheme fits for van pelts offense so like there's more of a structure. Rather than just going off the cuff when we had no idea what the, s- the staff was going to look like, so you mm-hmm. know it's starting to come along. The steps are starting to uh, make sense and take place, you know, off of each other. So uh, it's an exciting time in the offseason for sure. So thanks for having me. Happy to uh,
0: happy to go wish list for wish list with you today. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. But before we get into all that fun stuff, we got to talk about some business. Steve Belichick and Vinny Sinceri, actually, both apparently leaving New England staff to join the defensive stash for Washington under first-year head coach Jed Fish, who spent the 2020 season, I believe it was, as one of the Patriots quarterbacks coach. What did you think about the move? Was it something that kind of surprised you? I feel like with Sinceri, it was kind of what it was. But Steve was a little bit of a surprise for me.
2: So... It's the surprise now, or for me really is like the, the college route in general, because it feels like so many NFL coaches now are, are deciding to stay in the league. And, you know, even college guys now are jumping to the pros, like Nick, well, Nick Saban retired, but you know, the, the story around this area right now is, uh, Jeff Halfley leaving Boston college. Um, Mm -hmm. and he, and took a, I don't want to call a college head coach to a defensive coordinator in the league, a, a demotion or like a, you know, a a downward trajectory, but it's kind of, it's, it's different, right? Like he's not the head man in charge anymore. So um, yeah, the people are sort of, sort of starting to go away from the college ranks, whether it be because of NIL or the transfer portal or what have you. So um, just to see that kind of move is interesting, but um, I think it makes sense, um, you know, for both of them because those were two candidates really in and Vinny Sinceri who were probably going to end up wherever Belichick went um, where Bill Belichick went, Steve, obviously being his son. And then, I know that um, like Vinny Sanceri is obviously friendly with um, with Steve Belichick, and he's kind of in that you know tight-knit group of guys um, mm-hmm. around the, the Patriots organization. So not surprising to see them go together. Um, and the one thing I'll just say, I mean, the the familiarity with Jed Fish is obviously huge. He gets that job after Kalen DeBoer goes to Alabama after Saban retires. So um, the connection makes sense. I think it's well-deserved for Steve. I think he gets... A bad rap for being you know the the nepo baby behind bill but he's done a great job with the defense over the last couple years he's called a good um a good system a good scheme over again the last several seasons so uh good on him for being able to to be able to get that job and so people and sincere the one thing i'll say about him too is like he goes from a running backs coach to a defensive staff and it's kind of you think it's odd but he's really a defensive guy at heart he played safety in college he played safety in the pros Coached it on the defensive side of the ball before moving to running backs. He was really, uh, he was really pulled from defense to offense when Ivan Fears retired. So um, he's kind of going back to his roots there too. So, um, you know, schematically and that kind of thing, like it all makes sense for both of them to, uh, to coach on the defense for next year for Washington.
0: Of course, we know Belichick liked to cross train his guys, so it made a yeah. lot of sense. Of course, time, Patricia, <laughs> running backs coach. They did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was kind of an odd move, but like you said, he gets to go back to a spot he's more familiar with. And then, Steve, when Demarcus Covington was promoted, Mm -hmm. it seemed like, you know, okay, so what does Steve do now? I thought maybe he could get a role like, you know, assistant head coach or something like that. But on his staff that right now is trending very young, and we found out, you know, Patriots also brought in uh, Jerry Montgomery, who another, you that Packers regime where Elliot Wolf was in the uh, front office, and you also had Alex Van Pelt on that staff as well. Another guy who brings some age and experience to the defense. Kind On of the same role as Steve, he's more kind of taken over for Demarcus Covington's role. But, you know, it does make sense. Um, I know I think it was um Evan uh, Lazar mentioned once Covington was promoted that it could create an awkward situation, yeah. It does take over play calling, and then you know, Steve used to do it, so what that role would have been, so it makes sense because there was pers- the
2: thing too with, with Steve becoming like an assistant head coach advisor, but then you know, is it a promotion? Is it down? Like, where, where, where does it's a it creates, you're right, awkwardness in the hierarchy because he did call the yeah. plays and now he doesn't. But he's also the assistant head coaches, so is he closer to Mayo than Covington is? You're right. It just it it kind of almost adds like unnecessary borders and barriers, to, which is something that Mayo does not want any part of. So um, at the end of the day, you're right. It did all make sense once the Covington
0: hire happened. And one other interesting part is that Steve worked with the secondary actually before he got to linebackers. So Mm -hmm. Steve was coming at the play calling and co-defensive coordinator role from a perspective where he knew the defense back to front. And that gives you a completely different perspective on how like different fronts affect what you have to do on the back end and how those things work in tandem. But with DeMarcus Covington, he spent his entire defensive career where he's been like a position coach really in the trenches. Although I have read some people um, on the on the Patriots roster saying that he could coach secondary if he had to because he's been in the system for so long. And again, when you do coach the defensive front, you have to have some understanding of how it affects the other side. So Absolutely. it'll be interesting to see what that transitions like if they bring in like a Christian Parker, maybe to kind of help out in that capacity. He's currently the Broncos defensive backs coach. So maybe a senior advisor. We don't know. It's going to be his first time. I know. I, I know. That's, it's, a good, it's a good point because you
2: wonder like how – then it comes down to how you pluck guys from other stabs, like, without it being a lateral move. Like, like Parker mm-hmm. to come over to run the DBs here is essentially the same thing he's doing in Denver. But does it, you know, does it involve a title change and assistant defensive core? Like, can you make it happen so that you're able to pluck them and they can't get blocked from Denver? So, uh, it, it is interesting. And it's, uh again, it's something to uh, really look at, like you said, because now, you know, Like, are you going to rely on Mike Pellegrino? Is Pellegrino going to leave? Like, Brian Belichick, could he go? So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they, like you said, pair the the back end with the front end here.
0: Definitely. All right. Business has been handled. Moving on to some of the fun stuff. Where do I get the good? want to be GM. Here we go. (laughs) All right. So, first up, we're going to go through the offensive candidates here. We've got our list. I'll pull it up right now. Get this off the screen. All right. So, As always, like we did last time, we're using PFF's free agency rankings. Our buddy Brad Spielberger does an excellent job with these. So we're going to kind of use these as a guide to see what kind of contracts we could be looking like, how these guys have kind of graded out some of the situations around there. We will start in the trenches, most important position outside of quarterback, but probably the biggest need for the Patriots. Trent Brown's a free agent. Mike Emlin is a free agent. So they need help at both spots. Mike, you first let me know who you got. I will put the tab actually to tackle so we can just see all cool. of them Let's see right there. All right, so let me know who you got up first. He's right there, baby. Tyron Smith,
2: left tackle. Tyron uh, Smith. Okay. I, I like it. I think um it's someone who he's on the older side like you see he's 33, but um a guy who I don't know if that 1 year 10 million, I don't know if that's a projected franchise tag for him or what in Dallas. Um it might no, the, the number might be a little bigger. So I just don't know if uh He's not going to command that massive tackle money. Um, and I know mm. the pay and you know, it already sounds like we're cheaping out here because uh, the Patriots have all this money and you're going to try and get deals instead of, you know, just shell it out. But I look at the rest of the tackle market and especially on the left side, nothing screams like, you know, shove all, put all your chips in one basket. Or mm-hmm. is it chips in one basket? Shove all the chips to the eggs, middle. So, eggs, eggs in, in one, one basket. Geez, yeah, I'm my same mind. Thing. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm measuring sayings here, but you get the point, right? Like I, left tackle is a massive need, but I also think that it's something that they're going to, you know, potentially attack in the draft as well. So, um if you can bring Smith in on a one-year, two-year deal what have you, like again, 33, so not a ton of um not a ton of, not ton, not a ton of time left on his uh NFL clock, but uh a guy who I could, you know, see them bring in and kind of uh, you know, take on the the left tackle role for a few, for a few years here.
0: I think that's fair. And I also like the idea of like, it's probably going to be short term, especially with the capital exactly. have gotten everything where they could end up getting one tackle at least maybe two. So I do like that. Just in terms of the guys on the market with Tyron Smith, I'm kind of afraid that he's not going to want to come to a place like New England. Like right. he's done everything in his career. He's made the money. He's had success. I think maybe he wants a ring right now. And yeah, that might chase. not be the best fit. So because of that, I'm thinking, all right, like who's on the market right now? Like we got Tyron Smith. If he's going to be a ring chaser, I wasn't sure. Trent Brown, I'd let my feelings known on this. If the locker room still supports him and they still respect him, really that's all that matters is what it is internally. 100%, yeah. If that happened, like bring him back, I'd be cool with that, especially $7.5 million for a guy who could be one of the league's better left tackles. Right. That's a really good deal. But at the same time, I try to make this as realistic as possible, and I'm saying I don't really know about Trent Brown. Then looking at left tackles – my mckay becton i don't really know about him like the injuries are just really really scary obviously had one of his best seasons but you're talking about a guy who you still want to be on the field and you want to be able to rely on wasn't sure about him so then i get to jonah williams and wouldn't you know he ended up being my pick so there is something to concede a bit with jonah williams now one as you can see it'd be three years 16 million so you're paying him like a legit starting left tackle and i had some hesitancy because it's like okay I'd like to see them get somebody, like if they're going to take a tackle high, get somebody like an Olu Fushanu, uh oh someone God. like, even like, a, um, oh my God, the Washington, uh, ch- uh, ch- uh, Troy. Um, Fatanu. Oh my God. Fatanu, Fatanu thank you. It was yeah. completely, I could not get it, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But Jordan Williams was still a really young player. I think if you get him on this kind of deal, especially in, like we mentioned, Alice Van Pelt's scheme. Mm-hmm. They protect tackles a lot. Part of that was because they had to, where they just like got shredded at tackle. Their top three guys all got hurt and ended up having to miss time and landing on injured reserve. But Jonah Williams is a guy I feel like can hold down that spot for you where you can go into the draft, not desperately needing a tackle, gives you a little bit more flexibility so you can maybe Mm -hmm. get a guy who's more of a developmental option. And with a three-year deal, we know that longer term contracts, unless it's a one-year deal, usually that last one's kind of a dummy year where you kind of wait and see, sign an extension or use as a trade. With Jonah Williams, I think the best case scenario is he plays well enough that you can develop somebody behind him. And then you get to a point where it's, okay, is this person playing really well for me, this young player, and I can replace him? Then you trade, get some capital work that way. But either way, you are not hamstrung and you don't have to say, okay, we need Joel to three or we need Olu. Maybe you can trade back to kind of the middle of the first round, stock up on a ton of top 100 picks. And then I think, you know, you're in a better position where, again, you're not as desperate, but you still know that you have a player who can start good games for you and who you know will to some degree be protected by scheme. Whether I think it's like the Browns were top five and they're used to seven uh, pass blockers, which basically means you're keeping that tight end and running back to help out. And they use a ton of play action and they're a heavy run team. So Jordan Williams, he can help with the run blocking and he protects you. Yeah,
2: same, same thoughts really with me with Tyron Smith. Like it, same idea, different, obviously different player. Like, you know, shorter contracts, maybe not pay as much. I know Jonah's a little bit higher here for projections, but like you bring him in on the left side, but then you also develop a guy who's going to be like your actual future franchise left tackle. So I, I like both of them really. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like the ideas that we have here so far.
0: We're smart. Damn. Oh, All yeah. Right. <laughs> Move on know, to of right course, Like what am
2: I going to sit here and say that I don't like our ideas? Like, come on. <laughs>
0: No, we <laughs> we if we are many things. Humble is not one of them. All yeah. right, <laughs> moving on to right tackle. Who you got? Big Mike. Staying at Big home with Mike. it. Mike Mike on one. All right, he's
2: the number see, one. He, he's the number one mm-hmm. priority for me in really the off season mm-hmm. for them. I really like. He's gonna get paid a lot. I know Jeremy Fowler has spoken about it a lot on ESPN about how Patriots might you know not bring him back because he is the one of if not the number one tackle slash offensive lineman on the market, but. He is, and that's why you should go pay him. He's been here. He's to, he told Sophie anyway, our friend Sophie Weller from A to Z, that he wants to be back. He started his career here, and I I, I forget if I said it on this show the last time we did it or if I said it elsewhere. But people kind of look at, and I've compared like the the tackle money versus the guard money because he's paid he's played both positions. I almost think that that helps him get paid. And that's kind of a reason why you could even pay him more because like you can rely on him to play all along the offensive line besides center. And so sure, technically if you have to play him at guard, you're not getting your money's worth because you're paying him like a tackle. But at the same time, he's a great guard and he's a very good tackle. So I just think his versatility um, and the fact that he is only 26 and has, you know, really developed here as one of the best Frankly, one of the better tackles in the league. Um, I think it's a slam dunk, and you have to bring him back, especially if he's going to work with you and want to come back here. Now, I don't expect him to take like a massive hometown discount or anything like that. But nor should drafted, he. Nor should he. Nor nor should he. But I'm saying like mm-hmm. drafted, developed. Like okay, he he did everything right, and he's he's turned himself into this. So pay him like he should. And so I don't know. I just I'm I'm huge on Mike, and I think he should uh,
0: he should be the Patriots number number one uh, free agent priority here. Huge on Big Mike. I like yeah. it. So I went in a different direction here, but it's because okay. my priority this offseason, one of my priorities, is getting Mike and Winu back inside. I still okay. think he is best suited at guard. So because of that, instead, I went with... That should be Jermaine. I don't know why I said James. <laughs> so Jermaine Illuminor. Okay. Oh my god. You know what? That's just gonna mess up everything. I'm just gonna, <laughs> yep. Yeah, okay. Oh my god, I'm messing everything up. Well, there was your sneak preview. It's all good. But I'm going with Jermaine Illuminor. I'm sorry for the typo. I had a system, I'm not going back on it. But <laughs> Jermaine Illuminor I think, is a really good guy to have. That right tackle spot for you. Let's see where he ranks. So he is the 61st ranked player on PF's big board. The reason I like him is one, he's a guy who's gonna come cheap. All right, you signed yeah. him for a couple years. I feel like at the very worst case scenario, you get a right tackle. Again, a lot of these guys aren't really at the point where you can rely on them consistently in the draft, or you might not want to plug them in immediately again. Give yourself flexibility. You get to kick Mike and Wenu back inside. Illuminor can play right tackle. He's got some guard versatility as well, but he gives you a guy who could also be a backup if it turns out that your young player can start sooner than later. Mm-hmm. It's not really a big deal. So you can still bring back Mike and Wenu, but you keep him inside. And like I mentioned before, you kind of give him that Elton Jenkins kind of contract where you pay him like he's an all pro guard, but if he ends up playing tackle, then there's incentives in his contract where he can end up getting paid that way. Yeah. So that was who I so like this, because his numbers have been pretty good lately. In this scenario,
2: you're paying, you're paying Mike and you're putting him at guard. So what do you pay? You're paying him at a guard. You're paying him a tackle money. How does that work? Like,
0: that's what I'm saying. I think the base is you pay him as an all pro guard, pro Bowl okay. guard. And sure. then if he does end up playing at tackle, you have incentives so that he can be properly compensated for that. I like that. And I think that's, that's really, what I'm going to Yeah okay
2: mm-hmm.
0: all right all right moving on to wide receivers who you got buddy t higgins
2: t, t. higgins let's go i i think that you know this should be yeah i i say on when who's number one priority i think you know t higgins should be number two priority and i know that mm-hmm. you know people will come back and say well he's gonna get franchised and he might get franchised and we, we've tried to sort of steer clear of that for on these lists so far but I mean, the fact is, they might not make that move, um, and perhaps he does go to the market. And if he does go to the market, the Patriots should sign him. And I, as far as scheme fits go, right, it, it's it's a loose connection here, but the West Coasty system that uh, Alex Van Pelt runs and the West Coasty system that uh, Zach or Zach Taylor rather has sort of ran in in Cincinnati. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little bit of changeover just compared to Trees and how, like how you know how people coach and call plays and things like that but there's a relatively similar um system in place in Cleveland compared to what they ran in Cincinnati so um I like T Higgins being that sort of outside go get it um wide receiver in this West Coast system that um that Alex Van Pelt's going to run obviously he's a, a deep threat he's going to take the top off um he can he's a again I'm. I'm actually just I was talking about my sort of scouting review on T. Higgins. Then I look over to the uh, PFF thing and field stretching, jump ball receiver, the chance to bounce back in 2024. That's exactly what you're looking for in this system here. And I love it. And I think it's, if he does go to the market, the Patriots should not just pay, but overpay for T. Higgins. Like he's that good. He's only 25 and he's one of the really one of the better wide receivers in football. So, Um, they haven't had that number one wide receiver here basically since a guy like Randy Moss was here. So you got to go get it. You got to go help out that rookie quarterback that you're going to probably bring in at number three. So go get T Higgins. I think it's a slam dunk.
0: I don't disagree, and I think especially when you look at how Amari Cooper was used in that right. Browns offense, it was a lot of get him one-on-one and just let him win deep, let him win in those one-on-one matchups. So we're in the same place there. I'm still just trying to not let myself think that T. Higgins is going to hit the ball. Because I, I don't know <laughs> if he will, but I've also seen some conflicting reports on whether or not he will get franchise tagged. So if he right. doesn't, that's a no-brainer pick. But I tried to keep myself humble here. I okay. went with somebody who I think is probably going to be a little bit more realistic, and that is Mike Evans, yep. who let's see where he's ranked. So he's a third ranked wide receiver on PFS Big Board, 13 ranked player overall. It's just big Mike, man. He's oh no, we can have two big mics on the team. How incredible oh, would yeah, that we're be? Back. First yeah. of all, and then you guys can start a little group, maybe some kind of boy band. It's just the big Mikes. Yeah, the three two, of us, Emmings, me, Mike, and, Mike and Evans. Eddie. Yeah, let's go. I'm thinking about you, buddy. But I at like the same it. time, I think that you know, obviously the Baker Mayfield connection, he was really good, those two. At the same time, Dave Canales leaves, so you wonder how much that affects Mike Evans wanting to go back to Tampa. Now, at the same time, it's where he's been his entire career. You have to take that into account if he probably wants to retire a buck and they'll probably pay him enough money to get him back there. Same time, if the Patriots say, hey, we need a short-term, reliable ex who can just be our one-on-one winner as we kind of restock the rest of the offense, because looking at the draft. It's like Keon Coleman, you got Brendan Rice, you got Johnny Wilson. Those are your kind of X receiver types. But there's also a lot of guys who excel at the Z and in the slot. And I think that if you have somebody like Mike Evans, it gives you a guaranteed that's your isolated like deep ball winner. You can use him in that capacity and kind of, again, gives you a little more flexibility with what you want to get for your offense, maybe invest a little more in tackle and wait to see what kind of receivers fall to you. Immediately gives you an alpha. I mentioned it before, the fact that he's got playoff experience. He's got Super Bowl experience. He's a captain. He brings so much more to your offense than just being a really good player. Like I've also mentioned, he has the soft tissue injuries and those linger. So you have to take those into account as well. But this is a guy, he's not going to be missing like several games for you, anything like that. Like he's going to miss time. But he's never not had a
2: thousand yards in a season. So he's not going to miss enough games to
0: knock it a thousand yards. It's basically like getting your second chance at Devontae, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, except he's still pretty explosive. Exactly. Could lose a step, obviously. You know, right. he's going to be what? 30. He's almost 31. So mm-hmm. you do expect there's going to be some regression, but still, I mean, what we've seen Hopkins do it? I and Mike Evans is in that same class where they're just freaks in nature and they're just mm-hmm. winners. Um, so I really like Mike Evans there, but I like both of our picks. Once again, we're not humble. We're, no. we're pretty good at this. Yeah, stuff. we're good. All right. We're going to start getting into quarterback, tight end, and some defenders. But first, quick word for my friends at FanDuel.
1: Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets. Which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? And so much more. New customers join today and you get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gambling helpline ma.org, or call 800. 800- for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com. We'll call 1-800-GAM-1234.
0: All right, so we're moving on to quarterbacks. We are. We got the list up here. We got Kirk Cousins at the top. We got Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, that one still kind of surprises me. Maybe I'm just kind of a Minshew hater. I think he's really funny. I think he's entertaining. but I, I He's still a Pro Bowl it. Taylor. Pro Bowl quarterback, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, uh, that's true. You, oh God, that's I, I don't even know what to say about that. I truly don't. I'm I'm constantly at a loss for words for that one. But <laughs> who do you got? You got Gardner Minshew? Who's your boy? Who no, do you a quarterback?
2: if uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm sure you the cats probably are already out of the bag on this one. But I'm going with Baker Mayfield. I'm going with right. uh, Shake and Bake, Baker Mayfield from Tampa. Um, now, this obviously – there like, there's a lot of factors that go into this. Like, if you are going to draft a quarterback at number three, then I don't think you should take – or sign Baker Mayfield here because I think he's more of a bridge quarterback. I think he's earned that already. Now, granted, he's 28, so he's not going to be here forever. But – and there's also a report that he might look for, like, $40-plus plus million dollars a year on a contract. That's a little – a little too rich for my so liking to bring me. him in. Um, <laughs> yeah. but he's a guy who he's really played solid ball. Um, not only this past year in Tampa, but really like for most of his career, he's been a solid quarterback. He he played with Van Pelt uh in Cleveland, one of Baker's better seasons. The only season Baker Mayfield didn't throw double digit interceptions was under Alex Van Pelt's offense in 2020 with Cleveland. So man. um I just – I think the familiarity in his system makes him a good fit here. Um, Again, if you're going to take like Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three and you are going to go the veteran quarterback route, I think Baker should be number one because he would come in right away, be a starter. Um, Clearly, as you know and as everybody who is a fan of the NFL knows, Baker leads a room. He comes in. He's like a day one captain, a guy who just – again, I'm all about the vibes, right? Like a vibes guy. He's someone who comes in and just like commands a locker room, commands an offense. Um, And as someone who really, again, comes in on day one and says, this is my team. Let's go get it. And so I like his connection with Van Pelt. And I think if you're going to go the veteran route, I think Baker should be the guy. Um, But again, there's a lot of caveats there. Like if you're going to take Jaden Daniels, I'd rather go with the guy you're going to show us in a second. Because that's sort of, um, I'm sure you'll explain it and get into that. But if you're going to go vet, I'm going Baker.
0: Yeah. So we're on the same page of we need a guy who can kind of come in as someone who has experience under Van Pelt, who played some pretty good football under Van Pelt, and also with the understanding that they're probably going to bring in a younger quarterback. Here is my thing, and this is not popular, and I understand why, because it took me a while to even kind of come around to this idea. Okay, I still think that Mac Jones has a very good uh, chance of being I was game.
2: shocked when you tweeted this. And
0: here's why, because one, whoever they draft – I feel like that person, even if it's like Drake May, if that if that somehow happens, mm-hmm. I still think that they're in a position where, one, Mac Jones is still on a rookie deal. Bailey Zappi is still on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Ba- Mac Jones, for example, is someone who you know can play good football when he isn't just being in a chaotic situation where... Everything is working against him where his head coaches are talking to him, sure. where the offensive staff is dysfunctional and where he's clearly not surrounded by very good supporting cast. Mm-hmm. This is all obviously dependent on the idea that Mac has to get his confidence back. And to his credit, he's been in the building. He's been working out. Like we know he added muscle. Once he got benched, better protect himself. Yep. Uh, Gerard Mayo said it's a clean slate. And also Mac Jones has been supportive of this new regime. He's done everything right. I don't think he's quitting anytime soon. And I think at the very least, We have to consider the fact that he's going to be in the mix. When you also think about the fact that everyone's saying trade Mac, trade Mac, you're not trading him for anything more than probably a late day three pick right now. Right. His value is shot. If you believe that Alex Van Pelt is this quarterback whisperer who can get the best out of guys and rejuvenate their careers like he did with Baker and kind of get the best out of these guys. and It's a safe environment where he's a culture changer. Then, okay, maybe Mac Jones does come back, plays a better season for you. Then he leaves, signs a decent contract, maybe you get a good competitory pick. I Fair. just think, regardless, the idea with Mac Jones is you need to try to boost his stock because right now he's not really getting you anything and you're just you wasted right. a first round pick completely. With that in mind, and the fact that I think they're gonna draft someone to develop behind Mac and probably have somebody who could be a spot starter, but really just brings the room together because we heard that they were kind of not great last year. I picked old friend, Both Jacoby Brissett. Now, where is Jacoby Brissett even on this list? All the way at 126. We understand. I do not think Jacoby is someone you want starting like 10 games for you. Right. I don't think that's where he's at in his career. I see him more as a Brian Hoyer type where you bring him in and like you said, good vibe, just someone to kind of keep the room light. I think Hoyer did that with Mack and Bailey because I think even last year there was a bit of that like uncomfortable level of competition where they're not trying to make each other better. It's really like I'm trying to win the job and I don't really care what your priorities are. Like I'm looking out for me, which you can understand to a degree. But still, I think you still want someone again who keeps that room light. So. That's my explanation for Jacoby. Again, I don't think he's someone you want starting a ton of games for you, but he has experience under Van Pelt, another guy who can help change the culture and bring some positivity into the room and make sure that you know the, everybody kind of keeps their priorities straight and understands that we are a team. We have to be in the same direction of wanting to win football games, not just looking out for ourselves. So that's my explanation for Jacoby. I'm sorry no, for I, in the chat nightmares about Mac Jones playing again, but I hey. Know. I do think this is also a much more QB friendly system than anything he's worked under since he was a rookie. And again, this would be the first time since his first season that he doesn't have to deal with all this drama and a, a, a head coach who really is just sick and tired of him right. and maybe finally get some consistency um, in terms of, you know, what he's surrounded by and maybe some better weapons.
2: And he played with, he played under Van Pelt in Cleveland for a couple of years as well. So there's a connection exactly. there. So Exactly.
0: Yeah, I like it. All it right. makes sense. Any, any uh, thoughts, any, any pushback on the Mac idea or we want to move on? Honestly,
2: minute? you know that I've been a Mac guy this whole time. And so I've, I've sort of succumbed to the fact that I think that he's just going to be gone in one way or another. I think they have the number three pick and they're going to take one. So they're going to find a way to get him out of the room, but I don't necessarily hate the idea because I like the whole QB whisper ish thing with not only Alex Van Pelt, but Mac as well. So like, if you can get him back on track, I don't necessarily, not that I don't, I think it's a good idea, you know, From a thirty thousand foot view, you'll see. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't know exactly what's happening inside the locker room or in the building and things like that. But um, there's a way that it happens for sure. I don't disagree that it can't happen.
0: Yeah. All right. So now we move on to tight ends. Who you Mm -hmm. got?
2: Another scheme fit, another familiarity fit with Alex Mm -hmm. Manpelt. I'm going with Harrison Bryant from Cleveland. Yes, sir. Now this is sort of. I also think they need to bring back Hunter Henry in some capacity. Um, and whether that is the franchise tag, whether that is signing him, Harrison Bryant's going to probably be down on this list. Um, it, he I don't even think uh, he's on, it. He's yeah, not even he on might, it. He might not even <laughs> be on it. So, um, but again, it's a guy who's probably going to, you know, come in for short money. Like he's not, mm-hmm. I, I was trying to look, I looked up his stats the other day. I don't remember off the top of my head, but sort of like how he was used in that, in that system. And he was there. Second tight end behind Njoku. And I'm looking at the chat now. He makes a lot of sense as a tight end too. And he really does because he played with him in Pelton Cleveland. Um, he can be sort of like, he again, he knows the system and he can work behind Hunter Henry um, if you bring him back as the sort of captain in the room. Um, and they could work together. And he's, he again, he's a good number two. He's not going to excel as a number one, but he's a good number two tight end. And that's basically why I think that you need to bring Hunter Henry back. Mike Gusecki didn't work, but if you go Henry and Bryant in the room, um, I think that's that's a pretty good pretty good one-two punch, especially, again, him knowing Van Pelt system in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, and he's also someone that you can have as like a versatile piece in the courier formation. They used yes. him a ton. They used him in the backfield as like a pseudo fullback. They moved him around as that kind of move type tight end. Right. And also, this was kind of surprising, he was responsible for a lot of sneaks. In Cleveland, they use a ton oh, yeah, of that's like right. skill positions in the backfield. Yeah, and it's like these wildcats and stuff like that. And Bryant was someone they would have do the QB sneaks, but also kind of pitch it out to Kareem Hunt and stuff like that. He yeah. was a pretty fun little chess piece for them. So I definitely would not be surprised to see him move. I don't disagree at all. I just went in a slightly different direction because – Looking at David Njoku's impact on that team, I think they need a true dual threat who's got explosiveness. So Hunter Henry yeah. can run for you. He can, pat like, you know, is that big body pass catcher possession, red zone threat, whatever. But I think Dalton Schultz, mm-hmm. number one tight end on the board. He was someone that I thought they were going to go after last offseason. Um, like, you know, he has some of the unfortunate drops and stuff like that. But I think he's got position versatility. I think you can use him very similar to that Njoku role where he is your wide tight end, but you can also split him out, use him in a lot of different ways, create serious mismatches, whether it's against cornerbacks, safeties, linebackers. I think you can do a lot with him. And also because tight ends are so big in this offense, like they use a ton of 13 personnel and things like that. I think you could very well use him, Hunter Henry, and then Farrell Brown. Maybe you draft somebody to be like, even if you bring in a Harrison Bryant, maybe use him as kind of like a fullback type. It gives you a lot of flexibility, I think so. That's why I went with Dalton Schultz. I kind of like what he gives you. He's still young. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of like consistent, like really true dual threats, he's one of the best tight ends in the league, as he showed. And like he's one of the main weapons for CJ Stroud uh, with the Texans. So this is also assuming he even gets to leave Houston. Right. I don't know if they franchise tag him. I don't know how highly they value his services. Um, but he was on a one year proven deal for the Texans, and it worked out he pretty well. Up. Yep. And I think he'd do really, really well in this Alex Van Pelt system.
2: Yeah, the other all one, right, the, the other one here, and you mentioned him there too, is Farrell Brown. I think he could be back. He's another yeah. guy who worked with Van Pelt. They're really going towards that familiarity route, at least um, with you know the Elliot Wolf, Alex Van Pelt, Ben McAdoo, um, the the guy who they just uh, interviewed with the D line coach. Like it's basically turning into Packers Browns East here um, with yeah. all the connections. So Farrell Brown worked with him in Cleveland too. So
0: another one that I can see them bringing back. So. Absolutely. All right. Now let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Yep. Start in the trenches. Now let's do it. this could be edge defender, could be an interior yeah. defensive lineman. Kind of just looking at the market and seeing like what was the best fit for what they need in the contract? Who you got first?
2: I went edge and I went Josh Allen. Edge OLB Josh D line, whatever you want to do. He's gonna come off the edge for you as a pass rusher. And um, you really and you slash the way we talked about it together on this show the last time really convinced me that. You know they're going to have to look for another edge defender here, depending on Matthew Judon's contract and if um, Uche and Jennings and that that outside linebacker D line sort of role, right? Um, They're going to need someone else there because Judon's thing is so, or Judon's contract is up in the air. You don't know if Uche or Jennings are going to return, and so um, and really, and also the thing too with like. I look at uh, Demarcus Covington coming in as the former, def- or as the defensive line coach now defensive coordinator. He's going to value a position like that, and so mm-hmm. um, if they can bulk that up again and they they do it, go with Josh Allen. And I know, and I'm looking at it now. Projected contract one year, twenty two and twenty two point seven nine million. That looks like a franchise tag to me. Um, something that they could probably do down in Jacksonville. But if he does hit the market, you do have all the money in the world, depending on where you spend elsewhere. Um, Josh Allen here would be would be an awesome fit and an awesome uh, an awesome guy to bring in on on that defensive line.
0: I agree if he's available. That's interesting. Talk, right, interesting option. All right. For me, I went with someone a little younger, a little cheaper, Jonathan Grenard, another name that we already brought up. The more I think about it, the more I like this. Now, to be fair, the one reservation I kind of have is that he hasn't played in a a stand-up right outside linebacker role a ton. He does have experience doing it, but he's mostly been like hand in the dirt defensive end, which the Patriots, we know they kind of like to have their stand-up guys, but they also use Dietrich Wise as more of a defensive end where he has his hand down. So I think if it's a player that they think fits in terms of like their skin, what they like to do, I don't really think it matters whether he's standing up or not. I think they'd accommodate the player, Uh, but he's really explosive off the ball. He's started to be more productive as a run stopper, which I think is what they really need is someone who can contribute on every down. I want to see them bring back Anthony Jennings, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, even if they do, I'd like to see someone who can maybe take over for Matthew Judon where I don't know if he necessarily limit his snaps, but just do so as he needs, because obviously he's coming off the injury. Um, but Jonathan Grenard, I think, is someone who can play the majority of snaps with so them, You don't have to take him off the field. And you may not need a situational pass rusher type like a Josh Uche, where that way you can have Grenard, you can have Judon, you can kick Keon White out there. You still have a nice rotation, but you're not quite as limited. Um, and again, the only, real ca- uh, the only real caveat there is the way he was used, but Again, I think they could accommodate him. And I just like the idea of getting a young guy where he's not going to break the bank. I didn't even put up his contract. Let's see what he's projected to make. 15.75 15.75 million. That's really not bad for an edge rusher. Like these guys are making no, a not. ton, a ton of money. And he's somewhere where I think you can kind of snatch him up when his value isn't super high, especially because they got guys like Will Anderson. It's a pretty good pass rush group. He kind of slid under the radar. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be a good value. Um, not in the system that he's been in because, you know, they use a lot of four down looks like four, right. three rather than three, four. But still, I do think like based on what I've seen, he could be a versatile guy
2: Yeah, I like it. Um, It makes sense. He's the guy we touched on last time too, but the the fit here makes a lot of sense. So I like it.
0: All right. Cornerback, who you
2: got? So cornerback as a need, um, obviously Christian Gonzalez is going to be here, but then the other side, it's kind of iffy. Jonathan Jones, maybe Miles Bryant is a free agent. He could come back. So um, I went with Kendall Fuller, uh, a guy who has uh, a lot of experience in the league. He's been around the block for a while. Uh, he was he started in uh, started in Washington, went to Kansas City, then went back to Washington. Um, he's on the older side, like you see here, twenty eight going on thir- go- twenty eight going on twenty nine. Um, but he's an experienced cornerback who I think that's something you need because you're obviously going to rely on um, Christian Gonzalez as your number one. You know your number one corner on the the number one guy. But if you can get a guy like Kendall Fuller in here to be your your number two corner. He's a guy who could be a number one corner in a lot of systems and a lot of teams, and so, um, the number the money 13 and a 13.3. Um, I'm, re, I'm reading here too 25 million guaranteed, 40 to, total. Like, yeah, it's pretty rich
0: grades too. that's what I'm saying.
2: Grade. Yeah, like he's he's always been solid, um, and has experience. He's been around the block. I can't remember if he won a, won a super bowl with Kansas City or if he just missed out on one, but um, it has some experience around the block or whatever. So, like. I like it. I mean, I think that it could make sense having another experienced guy opposite Christian Gonzalez like you had last year with Jonathan Jones.
0: And I see somebody brought up uh, Jalen Johnson. I think he's going to get franchise tagged. He's a really yeah, good I player. Think so I don't see him getting let go of that organization. No. But, I mean, a good name. I'd be all for it, but I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, yeah. For cornerback, I have, let's see, a Dory Jackson. I feel like mm-hmm. this one comes a little bit out of left field. Yeah. But here's my explanation. One he has familiarity in the system kind of like the Patriots where it's an aggressive scheme. The Patriots have the Giants, maybe too aggressive at times, right. very blitz happy kind of scheme. But they also play zone. They have them locked up man to man. Dory Jackson's guy who has inside and outside versatility. One year, more like a prove it deal because mm. he was hurt last year. So he's somebody right. who could, could probably get kind of cheap. And with all the young talent that they do have, like you got Isaiah Bolding, you got Alex Austin, who's a restricted mm-hmm. free agent, which means he's probably going to come back. You yeah. traded for Mark, or I'm sorry, you picked up Marco Wilson. They have bodies there where you probably re Miles Bryant as well. So you're thinking that day one starter is going to be Gonzalez, John Jones, Miles Bryant. Right. John Jones has been a rotational guy to a degree because of his injury history, and he's kind of getting up there in age as well. So I think a dory someone that you could justify kind of having more of that rotational role you can use john jones more in the slot in those true pass heavy groupings yep. and then you don't have to necessarily rely on an alex austin or marco wilson but if those guys outperform a dory jackson in camp you can cut them because with one right. year seven million dollar deal it's probably not going to be the kind of thing where they're locked in and they you know aren't handcuffed to him um and, and also depend- dory jackson gets a lot more crap than i think he deserves he's a good player
2: I think so, too. He's a good player. And um, depending on the health of Miles, or not Miles Bryant, um, Marcus Jones and what you want to do with him moving forward, he can be a punt returner, too. Adore's been a really good punt returner. Um, I think he actually made a either a pro Bowl or an all pro a couple years ago as a punt returner. So um, he's versatile and can, you know, help you out on special teams, too.
0: And the versatility is big because that's when you start getting to the point where you can start, you know, playing that more true matchup, uh, true matchup kind of defense. We know they love where yeah. if there's just a body type they want a guy on, you can follow yep. him into the slot outside. Gonzalez can kind of do that. We know John Jones can do that. So, you know, when you want to follow, whereas a Miles Bryant type, you really want to keep him in the slot. That's a big reason the corners kind of play more left, right, or boundary to feel because Miles Bryant's always in the same place. This way, you can kind of make it so that when they play man, you don't know who's going to line up where. Yep. All right. We're gonna wrap it up with the safety position. Who you got, buddy? I'm
2: keeping it in-house again on this one. I'm going with Kyle Duggar. Smart. He was right there. You just uh it was right under Winfield on your thing. Um oh my but God, I'm going with... I just do. There <laughs> we go. All right. Cool. I'm getting up oh, nope, you're still missing the R on Duggar.
0: Ah I I thought that was the thing that blinks, and then I no. just is isn't blinking. There we go. That's his full name, if you didn't know already.
2: Yes, uh, Kyle Duggar. <laughs> uh, PFF and Brad have him on the franchise tag, but he's a guy who obviously is a, a great sort of um, a great safety. A guy who has been here for quite some time. You draft him out of Lenore Ryan in the second round. I don't really need to give you the whole rundown on Duggar, but similar to why I want to resign on Wenu is homegrown talent. He's been here. He knows the system. He's worked under Covington. He's worked under Mayo for basically the whole time. And so um, not much changeover. You don't need to bring a guy in and really teach him the ways. He already knows the ways. Struggles in, past, in the past game a little bit, but uh, has improved steadily over the course of his career. And so um, someone who I just think has earned the right to be back here and has earned the contract he's going to get. Um, and I know he's going to cost a lot. And I see the chat saying 16 mil. It's absurd. I don't yeah, it's think just it's just the franchise tag number. He's and not it's also, making
0: 16 million a year if they sign him long term. Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. So franchise them okay sign them long term even better a guy who should be uh should be back here and I want Kyle Duggar back in the Patriots uniform next year
0: I don't disagree and I made this pick also hoping that Kyle Duggar does come back yeah. um I also just frankly didn't want to repeat picks so I kind of did mine just no, outside of the it. box little thing but I think we both agree Kyle Duggar comes back I know that like uh, Miguel Benzon friend of the show I think he's got about like 13 13 and a half million per year which okay. for what he does like At one point, and this is why I think the franchise tag is likely, is because he did have a down season, but also wasn't used the way that he excels. And I think that if you move on from him, one, it's relying a lot on Marte Mapu to take a big jump in year two in terms of being like that guy who follows tight ends, also kind of plays a little bit everywhere. Um, And I'm just not sure if the roster as it's constructed right now is in a place where you want to get rid of Duggar. I think you want to maintain continuity, and I think he's a big part of that. Um, so yeah, I do agree that they should keep Kyle Duggar, but I did want to have just a different name on this list for us to think of. And I went with Xavier McKinney, another former Giants defender. Also, these guys both played under Brian Dayball. So they have, I mean, you know, Dayball is kind of a a Belichick. He is a Belichick disciple, but he's also on the offensive side of the ball. It's not the same thing, but he's someone who's been in a similar system as that. McKinney, another guy who has a ton of versatility, much better if you want to talk about playing in the deep part of the field. I think Mapu could take over some of uh, Kyle Duggar's box responsibilities. I think you want Peppers in more of the physical roles, like the blitzing out of a slot, run defense out of the slot, and playing linebacker. I think that's probably where he's best. And then with Mapu, I think you really want him more in, like, man coverage situations. It's sometimes in the slot, but really more like he's either playing deep or he's in the box to cover not really play the run mckinney is someone i think could kind of take more of those deep part of the responsibilities so that peppers can play more of that box type role and you don't have to put mapu in as many of those deep situations where you saw he struggled last season i think a big part of his game to be fair next year will be improving because i think he can be a good center field safety and if they still have mapu peppers and duggar i think he's the best one to be in that kind of role where duggar and peppers still are in the box and in the slot um but yeah mckinney he had a really good season it was his best season season i believe of his career yeah. i think that's a pretty solid deal honestly three years 12.5 million for a guy who in the patriot scheme would end up lining up all over the place for you right. and he's an impact player as you see if you look through his tape like his range really really pops um so yeah i think having also another former giant peppers former giant mckinney former giant i think that could be
2: kind get of wink right. martindale um, here as a as an advisor on staff and he can uh i don't know about it but maybe as an also advisor, one thing not? i
0: like I kind of like though, because apparently Wink just like he did not sit well with a lot of people in that yeah, period. I know. And McKinney, as a leader on the defense, I believe he's the captain, was one of the guys who was just like, yeah, no, I don't vibe with you. Which you know yeah, could be a no. bad thing because you don't want guys talking out, but also like you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about that situation to really get too no, deep I'm into the weeds. But I'm I just, thought it was fun. Just I at least thought it was anyway. fun. All right, so this is what we've got. We could post this if you want later on. If you want to debate yep. it, make fun of us, whatever you want. I'm a little sensitive, but I won't take it too harshly. So, Mike, you got Tyron Smith, Mike and Wendy, T. Higgins, Baker Mayfield, and Harrison Bryant on offense. A lot of guys who have experience in the AFC North. Then on defense. You got Josh Allen, Kendall Fuller, and Kyle Duggar. For me, I've got Jonah Williams and Jermaine Illuminor as a couple steady, solid tackles who you can always upgrade and you're in a position where you're not hamstrung going into the draft. Receiver, I got Mike Evans. Mr. Consistent is a guy who won't be around for too long, but you know what you're going to get out of him. Jacoby Brissett bringing the good vibes. Dalton Schultz is your explosive tight end, which this roster desperately needs. And then for defense, I got Jonathan Grenard on the edge. And then former Giants, Adore Jackson and Xavier McKinney rounding out the backfield. All right, that is going to do it for us today. Mike, please let the people know where they can find you and what exciting stuff I know you've got coming down the pipeline. All
2: right. All Patriots all the time here as the off season moves along, check it all out on wei.com. I'll have something, uh, an offshoot of this tomorrow for our website, free agency, uh, free agency fits for Alex Van Pelt system. So make sure you check that out and all of my other coverage and all things Pats over on Twitter at Mike Catholic. So Taylor, thanks for having me. Happy to do this. Love talking free agents and, and to speculate on what may happen with this team down the line. So thanks for having me.
0: Yep, and if you guys want to see us do this in a different version, throw in some rules to make it fun, let us know. Hit us up at Twitter. I don't know why our handles aren't down there, but I am at tkiles39. Mike, what's your handle?
2: At Mike Cadlick.
0: At Mike Cadlick. So let us know. Comment on this video on Twitter, on YouTube, and how you want to see it done differently in the future. But for now, I appreciate you all watching as always. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other.